My father spent every spare moment renovating the house. He built a bathroom and a kitchen, and knocked windows into walls three foot thick. My mother was able to buy Renmans from the mill, and she would make school trousers for me and dresses for my sister. When I came home with my first fish, none of us knew what its species was, and I used my pocket money to buy the Observer's Book of Fishes. It was a brilliantly coloured trout, and which, because we knew no better, we deep-fried in batter and ate with chips. My father was a mild, patient man who awakened my interest in literature by reading to me such classics as Treasure Island, A Tale of Two Cities, and Robinson Crusoe. He had been a lay preacher in Birmingham and had met my mother in Wivelliscombe whilst on a cycling holiday. Thereafter, he regularly cycled from Birmingham to Somerset to court her. He was incredibly capable. He could lay a concrete path, repair a clock, or build me a crystal radio, which I would listen to in my bedroom at nights although, in fact, I didn't have a bedroom. I slept, screened off by a heavy curtain, on the landing between my sister and my parents' bedroom. In winter, once a week, my mother, one of nature's intuitive cooks, made faggots and peas. These are delicious balls of minced liver, lights and heart, flavoured with onion and sage, and wrapped in fatty pig's caul and roasted in the oven. They are served with a rich gravy and a mound of mushy peas. I have never forgotten when, some years later, I came home late after a school rugby game, which we won, elated, battered and starving, anticipating my steaming plate of faggots. Alas, an uncle had unexpectedly turned up and was given my dinner, and I had to make do with bacon sandwiches. Delicious, but they in no way compensated for my faggots. Until I was ten, I attended Wibbliscombe Primary School, where country dancing and singing made up a strong part of the curriculum. I was a spotty, skinny kid and hated every second of those activities. I seemed to spend an awful lot of time fighting in the playground, but on the whole, with the exception of a slight incident where I and a couple of other lads somehow got caught nicking Mars bars from Mrs Vickery's corner store, I had a happy and trouble-free time. Brenda was very bright and gained a scholarship to Bishop Fox's grammar school in Taunton. However, my chances of passing 11 plus were slim, so they arranged for me to sit the common entrance exam at Wellington, a small public school. Happily, I passed and was given an assisted place, although this did mean my mother and father both taking on additional part-time jobs to pay the fees. My first day at Wellington was a nightmare. I had not previously met middle-class boys, and the fact that I had to wear chunky, tough shoes, whereas the other lads all had highly polished Oxfords, made an impression upon me which influences me to this day. I just have to have the best shoes I can possibly afford. I can recall nothing of the first couple of terms, but then I settled down and proceeded to enjoy the next five and a half years. My favourite subjects were English, taught to us by a brilliant man called Joe Storr, and history. In these subjects, along with French and art, I excelled, but for the rest, I was a dunce. I joined the CCF and thoroughly enjoyed playing soldiers. I hated cricket, but in the winter term we played rugby, and although I never achieved any great success, I have a passion for the game to this day. In six Somerset summer holidays, it never rained, and for six years, the eight weeks of freedom were positively magic. The key was financial independence. My father insisted that once I was fourteen, I should take on a holiday job, and, although I had to contribute three pounds ten shillings a week to the family fund, it still left me the amazing sum of just over four pounds a week to spend on fishing tackle, a racing bike, 
and the essential latest rock and roll records. One summer I had three jobs. At half past six I would sweep the pavement in front of the newsagent's shop, put out the placards, unpack boxes, and clean the shop. At half past eight I would walk home for breakfast before going round to the Bear Inn to sweep the cellar, clean ashtrays, and bottle up. Then, as the pub opened, I would walk across the Red Lion Hotel where I prepared vegetables, scrubbed pots, plucked chickens and ducks. In the afternoons I weeded the vegetable garden and mowed lawns. After tea, I would be on my bike with a flask and some sandwiches to the reservoir or river to fish until dusk. I didn't work on Sundays, but there were family chores to do, picking watercress from the stream for sandwiches, or getting up at dawn to gather mushrooms, or pick blackberries from my mother's jam, or elderberries from my father's homemade drinks, high alcoholic and drunk only at Christmas. I thought all of these activities were great fun, but there was a financial necessity for such produce, as it could be gathered.